Hi, my friend. Today's episode is going to encourage you and bless you, maybe even blow your socks off a little bit because it is so dynamic and rich and full of truth and wisdom. From my friend, Francie Winslow, we are going to be talking all about intimacy in marriage and the blessing and the design that God has for that. So listen in. You are going to be so encouraged. beautiful. Welcome to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Vossler, and I'm thrilled to spend some time chatting with you and bring an inspiration, encouragement, and joy to your day. I'm a mom of eight kids, and I believe that motherhood is the greatest calling in the world. It is holy kingdom work, and God has not only called us, but also equipped us for this valiant mission raising and training the next generation of mighty men and women of God. Every week, I will encourage, inspire, and equip you to really rejoice in the glorious God-given calling of motherhood. At the end of each episode, I'll answer your questions and share tips and lifesavers that I've learned and keep learning as I raise my tribe. So come on, let's get started. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Rejoicing in Motherhood podcast. Today is going to be such a wonderful time together. I cannot even express how excited I am to have you be able to listen in to a conversation that I had with my friend, Francie Winslow. This is our final week in our marriage series, and this is going to be the perfect guest to just finish off all of this stuff that we've been talking about with marriage. Francie is a lover of Jesus. She's a wife. She's a mom. She's a podcaster, a writer, a speaker. She has such a heart for women and for people to be able to understand how God has designed them beautifully and the beauty of intimacy in marriage. And so... Today, we are going to talk all about that. This is another one of those episodes where you might want to listen with earbuds if you have little ones around, because we are going to talk all about marriage and intimacy in marriage and what that means. And you're going to love this episode. I left this conversation just feeling so uplifted, so inspired, and every time I listen to her podcast, which I do on a regular basis... I can I just feel the truth emanating from her. Here's the deal. These topics are things that we may or may not be comfortable even talking about depending on our background, depending on our upbringing, things that we've been taught, things that we've learned, and I have discovered that it's hard to know who to trust when we're talking about these intimate deep issues. But I have to say, I've been listening to her podcast for a year and I really trust her. I trust the the wisdom that she's bringing out of the word of God. Her heart is so for the Lord and so for people. And so I am glad you get to hear her today. I do recommend you listen to her podcast, and we will link that in the show notes. Everything that we talk about today will be linked in the show notes so that you can easily find it. But without any further ado, here is my conversation with Francie Winslow. Francie, I'm so glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Kirsten. Yes. Well, 
I've been listening to your podcast, Heaven in Your Home, for about almost exactly a year. And I have just learned so much from you and have been so blessed and so encouraged and challenged by your message. And so I am just thrilled to be able to share you with my audience and I want them to go listen to all of your podcasts and and learn all about all this beautiful things that you have to say. You have just such a beautiful message of truth and freedom when it comes to rejoicing in the goodness of God that we can see in our bodies and in our sexual intimacy with our husbands. So take it away. I just would love to hear your heart. I will say that I don't have some sort of a counseling degree. I'm not a sex therapist. I am a follower of Jesus that has wanted healing and wholeness in my life. And I never started out wanting to be a lady who talks about sex. Like that would be the opposite of everything I would ever want to be (laughs) because I grew up in the (laughs) South. I grew up in the church and it was um, something that you just don't really talk about or want to talk about. And it's not really good news. It's not really noteworthy. It's not even something that you think belongs in the church. And so I never imagined that, but it was God's good will that he would stir my heart for healing when I was really young in this and basically relentlessly (laughs) contend in my heart for healing and wholeness and ask me to speak about what he's done in my life. So that's what I do. And um, I would just, I think the biggest thing I can do is say what God's done in me and what he's taught me and my story. And that's kind of what I've been doing over my podcast for the last few years. And I've seen God heal hearts and marriages and stories that I would never attempt to counsel because that's just not my role. But he is the counselor and he is the one who sees us. And so I think before I get into anything about sex, I would just say that I love the story of God who is called the God who sees. And the person who called him that was Hagar, who had been in a sexual mess, who was a mother and who was feeling really lost. And I would say that most of us feel messy when it comes to sex just because our backgrounds have maybe been less than ideal, whether we were feeling like we got a little confused in our culture of the world or a little confused in the culture of the church, we may not really be sure what to do with the current culture at large with our kids and the gender conversations. It feels messy. And all of that revolves around sexuality and pain that we carry and confusion. And I think Hagar felt pretty confused and pretty wounded when she was so mistreated Um, by Abram. And she was cast out and alone. And God said, I'm the one who sees. And so I think that's what I love about the Lord is that he sees you and he sees me and he sees each woman listening to this right where she is with the journey she's had. And he is the God who not only sees, but comforts and heals and binds up our broken hearts and sets our wounds back to being not only right, but restored and better so that we have a song in our hearts where we used to have an ache in our heart. And I think that's what Mm -hmm. he's done for me and honestly what he's still doing for me. I didn't even have a, a super traumatic sexual background, but I was raised in the church and it was there was just some missing pieces that left my heart aching and left me confused about how to see my body and how to see sex and how to approach marriage and how to integrate them with my faith. Um, I was uh, loved God when I was young and wanted to follow him and um, ended up being... Uh, 
kind of involved in the purity movement, although it wasn't necessarily a negative thing for me. It was just, I wanted God and I wanted to love him with all of me. And so I um, started following him instead of boys. (laughs) I was following boys for a while. And then I was like, okay, I think I'm going to give up the boy thing and I'm going to go for the Jesus thing. And it wasn't necessarily uh, super laden with legalism for me at that point, but I can see how legalism did flood through and bring some confusion. And when I got married, which was really young, I got married when I was 20. It was very shocking to go from no, don't have sex. The basically the big idea is don't do it, don't do it, don't do it to do it. And I didn't have much of a bridge to. And so it feels like leaping into something that once was like this, don't go zone, no fly zone. Now you're supposed to go there and land on something sturdy and joyful and be a great wife. And I think at that point, most of the marriage books that were being written kind of decades ago were really doing their best, but at some level implied that sex is a man's need and a wife's duty. That it is, you know, a man's need, that a woman's need is emotional, a man's need is sexual. And um, that is another pitfall that I was falling into because then I was trying to find wisdom and I realized, okay, I got to try really hard to be a good wife and meet his needs. And it was in that first year where um, I think the the confusion of my own heart and my own journey were swirling so much that my wise pastors were like, you guys need some inner healing. <laughs> you need to sit on your couch. And if you listen to the first few episodes in my podcast, which I do recommend people going to episode one and starting there, I share this story of, I call it my pink inner healing couch because we sat on this couch. It seemed like almost every night of the first year of our marriage, we just were like, okay, let's go back to the couch because what was happening was either my insecurity about sex and my body or maybe words that I was saying that I I didn't mean to say. And I kept wounding my husband and he kept things he was doing were wounding me. We would go back to that couch and we say, Jesus, we need you to heal us. What lies are we believing? How do you want to set our hearts back on truth and uproot things that need to be uprooted? And what was happening was the Holy Spirit was beginning to heal not only our spiritual lives and our hearts, but he was also healing our sexual lives. And what I mean by that is that I was in prayer. How do I love this man? And I felt like the Lord just said, Francie, honor his honor who I've made him to be as a man and you as a woman and enjoy this gift of sex. And it came to me actually out of Philippians 2, uh, where it talks about if anyone wants to be like Christ, prefer one another's needs before your own. And in that space of us trying to honor each other with prayer and repentance and forgiveness and inner and asking God for healing, we went from the couch to the bedroom and we had sex. We'd be like, we'd pray and ask God for healing. And then we'd go have sex. And we ended up having sex almost every day for that first year of marriage when uh, you know we weren't sick or traveling. And what happened was such a twist because I thought I was supposed to meet my husband's need. But as we leaned in spiritually and as we leaned in emotionally and as we leaned in physically, we realized something very different was happening. It wasn't a man's need and a wife's duty. It was a sense of shalom happening in our midst. Wow. Shalom is the Hebraic word for um, things being right and things being peaceful and kind of as God designed. And we were starting to realize there's something more powerful about sex than anybody told us. And it wasn't like, it was orgasmic. It was fun. It was playful. It was pleasurable and exciting. We were newlyweds, but there was deep meaning to it that we were beginning to feel. And we're beginning to feel not only in our hearts, but in the atmosphere of our home and in our capacity to seek the Lord to more 
more depth and our capacity to host other people in our home because we were so connected and our capacity to encourage and speak life over each other on hard days that otherwise we would have been kind of crabby at each other because we were leaning in spiritually and physically and emotionally. It was heaven. It was like a bit of heaven coming into our home. And so that's the name of my podcast because there's this um, old tradition called a thin place over in Ireland. It's the Celtic tradition. And, and the thin place is this saying they have where heaven and earth overlap and intersect. It's like these sweet places where mm-hmm. we sense God's presence is so near. Although we're on earth, it feels like a bit of heaven is in our midst. And as Jesus taught us to pray, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so we just started having this language. Something's happening here, God. Something is better about this gift of sex. There's something you're healing in us and we want more of it. And so we just kept leaning into each other. And it, I did. I wouldn't say that it was, you know, every day was easy and perfect. Six months into our marriage, we um, moved to Sri Lanka as missionaries. Oh, wow. and we were newlyweds. Uh, the tsunami had just happened in uh, Southeast Asia, and our church had a human- humanitarian arm that responded to disasters. And so we got sent out with that group with a one-way ticket to Sri Lanka. They're like, do you want to go? We had like a week to decide. We're like, sure. I put school on hold. He asked for a leave from his work, and we just left. And it was really sweet, but it was God just kept doing that same healing shalom work in our cute apartment in Chicago. He took it to this one-bedroom flat in Sri Lanka where we had no AC. We had two wooden beds shoved together with like, you know, a a divider between us and a mosquito net. And we had monkeys sitting in the windows and lizards on the wall. And it was not romantic necessarily (laughs) at all or comfortable, but we kept leaning in. And so it wasn't as much like, oh, the circumstances were just right, but it was, God, you're doing something. So whether we're in Chicago or on the mission field, we could sense he was healing something in our hearts and integrating our sexuality and our spirituality in a way that we just weren't really prepared for. And so that was 17 years ago and we have not stopped talking about it or enjoying it and leaning in. And there've been lots of highs and lots of very low lows since then. But the consistent thing has been the reality that God made us people with bodies and that our bodies matter and that our sexuality matters. And it's part of God's garden dream that in the beginning, he stamped the body of a male and a female with his image so that part of our bodily experience and existence as male and female is part of imaging God's story on the earth. And when he said to a wife, husband and wife, be fruitful, multiply, come together, have sex, the result is fruitfulness, multiplication, and dominion. So intimacy leads to fruitfulness. And I think that's what we were tapping into that first year of marriage. And what we kept learning was that when we prioritize intimacy, we prioritize oneness, which is such a huge theme throughout the whole Bible is unity. When that happens in the most core place of our home, there is a ripple effect of fruitfulness and Christ's dominion. And it it goes, I, I, we can go into it, but it's the ripple effect of sex. It's that it starts in our intimate place. And then our sex life is so powerful when we're prioritizing it unto the Lord that when it is going well, it impacts our children and the atmosphere of our home because we're more peaceful, we're more connected, we can parent from more unity. 
it impacts our coworkers and our careers because we go with more confidence and ability to love because things are well and rightly ordered at home. It impacts our church and our capacity to serve and love there. It impacts our community because we're able to invite neighbors in because we're things are shalom in our home. You know, we're sensing God moving because we're prioritizing intimacy. And then ultimately it will impact our culture because our culture is meant to be informed by the truths of God lived out by his people. And one of the primary truths of God is intimacy in the secret place. And so mm-hmm. marriage is a symbol of the gospel. And if the gospel is all about our secret place with God being healed and restored so our lives can be fruitful, marriage is the small physical sign of that, that our secret place of intimacy is meant to be prioritized and will become fruitful, not only through children, but through a spiritual life of fruitfulness lived together. Oh, I love that. That integration of faith and the emotional, the physical, the spiritual connection. I just feel like that, I mean, it gives me chills when I listen to you talk about it because I just feel like, yes, this is what God intended, you know, and we've, we have gotten like mixed up and confused and, you know, have forgotten. And even our bodies have somewhat forgotten, like, no, this is who we're supposed to be. Like, this is a good thing. Yeah. How, how do you, if we have if we don't have that core belief that our bodies are good and that this is all good, like how can we get to that place? Can you talk us through that a little bit about how can we teach our minds even that our bodies are right and that our bodies are good? How can we do that? Well, I think you have to back it up a step. And if you don't believe that your body is good or that your body matters or is a part of the story of God, instead of wondering, how do I get it right? You have to ask, why do I believe that? Mm, yeah. And okay. where did that um, mislaying of the foundation begin? Because mm-hmm. if we just try to put on better beliefs without uprooting what is harmful there, we're just kind of putting on out- outward helps without becoming inwardly whole. And yes. so um, I think I, I talk about the four W's that form our sex view, which could also be your body view. But, um, and we have to understand that we're formed by something and we all have a sex view, whether you like to talk about sex or not, whether this conversation is kind of making you uncomfortable or not, (laughs) you view sex in a certain way for a reason. And God wants to be the one who forms your sex view. Just like we're comfortable talking about worldview. We have to have a Christian worldview, a biblical worldview. Well, sex is almost the most core thing to our worldview because it's common to every human on the entire planet. Every human on the entire planet has a gender and has private parts and is procreating. And yet it's the thing that no one wants to talk about. And it's the very thing that God used as the imagery of the gospel was a bride and a bridegroom. And so it's actually the most core part of our Christian faith when it comes to the fact that God started with a husband and a wife, a bride and a groom. He talks about being our husband throughout the the middle parts of the prophets. He Jesus came as a bridegroom. There was a wedding. His first miracle is a wedding. And we know in the end, it ends with the marriage supper of the Lamb. So our bodies, theologically, are so core to the revelation of God on the earth. But guess who hates it, right? The enemy of our soul hates the fact that we have bodies because God called us image bearers. He could have made us like angels without bodies. He could have made us animals without a spirit, but we are neither of those. We are higher Mm -hmm. because we 
it says even in the Psalms, the angels look on awe that we would be the sons of man, the sons of God who carry his very spirit in our bodies. Paul says, do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? Like what? Can we just pause there? Do we believe that? So you ask, like, how do we believe better? Well, I think understanding what shaped your belief of your body. And once we understand, oh, I've been shaped by something, we can put off our old self and put on the new garments of who we are in Christ. And so just real quick, I can say the four W's that I believe shaped my worldview, my sex view were um, obviously the world, things we see, we see like trashy magazines and we think, oh, look at all that body, you know? And so we just want to throw it all away. Well, it's not all needs, it doesn't all need to go in the trash. That's just a distorted version, a vision of the body. The body is beautiful and the body is made by God, handcrafted. So, but we can also see, you know, there's so much light pornography on TV and we can see images of sexuality from the world of million different ways and we can shut down to it. We can disassociate it from it because we just think that's all bad. I'm just going to ignore the body. So that might be that the world has formed our sex view, our body view. It could be that the whispers of the church ladies, that was kind of it's a funny way of saying it, but mm-hmm. most church ladies from a pre- previous generation, because of the pain of their heart and the lack of discipleship in their lives, didn't talk to us well about our bodies. And we would mostly hear whispers, either I'm so fat, wishing I wasn't this shape, wishing I didn't look like this, or whispers about sex and kind of joking about what a burden it is and what a duty it is. And so our sex view and our body view got shaped largely instead of by right teaching of the women of faith above us by whispers that were just kind of under their breath. Um, Another thing that probably shapes our worldview is our wounds. And when we've been wounded, we've been abused, we've been mistreated, that can very easily shut us down from a biblical worldview of our bodies and our sexuality. And if that's you, I 100% say, run, don't walk to a counselor. I'm not sure, Kristen, if you have a counselor you recommend. Um, And if so, give them a shout out. But I recommend mycounselor.online because they're online and I trust them. I've connected with them. I've interviewed them and they're Christian, they're biblical and they're available. You know, it's hard to find a counselor, but so many of us, probably I would say 99.9% of us could use a conversation with somebody. Yes, absolutely. It's not... (laughs) If it's not a professional counselor, it's somebody discipling you. It's somebody who is a few steps ahead of you who can hold your pain with you and affirm your story and listen to your story so that your story can be reshaped into a testimony that God is a part of and not a weight that holds you back and keeps you shut down. And so understanding that our sex lives are 100% shaped by our story. We cannot get away with it. We can't get away from it. It is just a fact, but we are sometimes really hesitant to explore our story. So our wounds are a big part of that. And then the last one that I think you and I can both identify with is our weariness. Sometimes we are so dog tired as moms that our weariness speaks louder to us than the hope of how God created us as females made for pleasure, made for intimacy. Sometimes our weariness just says, I'm too tired for sex. I have a headache. I don't even want to go there. And our weariness becomes the louder voice in our understanding of what God's plan was for our sexuality and for our bodies. The good news is the fifth W is the word of God can shape us. And so God's word is here to shape us and our view of our bodies and our view of sex. I think the biggest thing, Kirsten, is that we just have to know what has shaped me and what do I want to shape me? 
And then that switch, that is when you change lanes and you start going in a different direction. And there's so much hope once you identify, I want to think differently. And um, that's kind of what I hope my podcast is able to help women do is to think differently about God's heart for their body, their gender, their femininity, pleasure, um, all of those things. Well, I think it really does because I know that in the last year since I've been listening to it, it my heart and my my life have been so opened up. I felt like we had a very good intimate relationship, my husband and I, before, <laughs> but it just has given me a new way to think about things a lot of times. And I just, I love, I want to encourage you ladies who are listening to do go and listen to Francie's podcast because here is here is my <laughs> my recommendation for her is that Francie is the person that I have um she has such a beautiful pure message. Her message is biblical. She is filling her <laughs> filling her podcast with scripture. She is really digging into the deep places of her heart, her life, and sharing the truth of God's word. And so the more times that I just heard your heart, Francie, I just was like, you know what? This is absolutely so right. My spirit was immediately impacted and leapt because I just was like, this is correct. This is right. This is God's heart for my sexuality, for my body, for my femininity, for my, um, you know, sexual relationship with my husband. And so there's fruit. <laughs> There's fruit in my own life fr- coming from heaven in your home. And I really see the blessing and the benefit of that. So I I thank you for that. And I'm, I'm that's why I'm so glad to be able to talk with you today and to open open up you know your resources and your podcast to my audience as well because I just feel like it's such an important place where that we need to have and we don't always know where to go because yeah. it's, it's- if you want to hike, how do I research this? <laughs> you know, how do I, who can I trust to, you know, to tell me the truth and not just be a bunch of rhetoric or a bunch of lies from the world. And I believe that you are somebody we can trust. So I really am so thankful for that. Mm, um, I want to go back to the weariness part a little bit because I actually had some questions from my listeners, very specifically related to that. And someone asked me, she said, um, I have a little baby and I'm just not turned on by my husband at all. <laughs> she said, I just, I don't even know. I feel like, like I love him, but I just don't even really want him right now. And I don't know what to do about that. And so, and, and I've heard from several other people, similar things, either they're just like, I'm so tired or for some reason, I just don't have a lot of drive right now. And I know that can some, you know, some of that can be hormonal and we have to, you know, we can you know, learn more about that and all, and those things. But would you speak to that, to those mamas who are just like, I don't even know what to do. I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm tired. I feel like there's just, you know, too much going on in my life to be able to really connect with my husband and to be available for him. Mm, that's good. Okay. So a couple of things, one seasons, seasons are so important to consider, but what I am not going to say is, oh, it's just a season. Don't have sex for five years. Just accept it for what it is. That's not what I'm saying because I think we need to redefine what is sex and what is intimacy. Mm-hmm. Because what I mean by that is people assume, oh, sex means kind of this almost transactional 
thing where I'm just going to say it. Can we all be grownups? <laughs> Put your <laughs> earbuds in if you don't want your babies listening. But it's not like, okay, erection, entry, thrusting, ejaculation, that is sex. That is not sex. That is not all that God intended when he gave a woman a whole body full of erogenous zones and a man, all this passion for his wife. And when he created the garden, it wasn't this transactional moment of, okay, Adam and Eve, do this, put this in here. And that's that. He's like, enjoy each other, lavish each other with love, take your time, explore each other. And so I think one of the things that I wish I would have known earlier was that there's not pressure to meet a goal. It's an invitation Mm -hmm. To receive love and to get lost together in a way that refreshes you. Sex should be refreshing and energizing, and it should be a place where you come out of like, oh, thank you, God, for that like respite, that moment. And I think in the church, we've just not talked about it enough, and it's still stuck in the his needs, my duty thing that it's, I don't have energy for that. And I think we need a bit of reformation. We need a lot of marriage conversations so that the husbands can get some imagination for what is sex also. But what I want to just tell the tired mom is that this can be a place if you start using your imagination for refreshment for you. So it can be sensual massage. Intimacy can be a long bath together. It can be kissing. And because all of those things get your hormones going in different ways, it doesn't have to be this, okay, you got to get turned on real quick and do the deed. Nobody has energy for that when they're exhausted. But can you rethink intimacy for this season so that your intimacy is moving forward in creative ways, depending on the season you're in. Because you might be postpartum and you can't have sex for six weeks, but does that mean you just don't touch each other and you drift apart? Or right. can you rethink how you can love on each other in different ways? And so I think what is the bottom line requirement, though, for all of this conversation is margin, because it really is hard to have any space for creativity without margin. And so I think I wanted to to put that out there, first of all, like get creative with what intimacy looks like for you in your season. If it's hard for you to have sex like you used to have sex, don't lose hope that now it's gone or it's off the table. You have a new baby, so maybe you need to think of a different time of day. Maybe there's another time of day that you have more energy because at night you're exhausted. Early morning sex is one of my favorite times. Both of your testosterone has been has been cultivating all night by God's design. Did you know that men and women both have cycles of sexual response every 80 to 90 minutes all night without oh, wow. anybody touching you? It's like how God made your body to renew your sexual energy while you're sleeping. And so when you wake up in the morning, that's why sometimes husbands are like, have an erection in the morning because they've had testosterone building all night. And actually you have too. And so the morning is the time where you may have the most energy. And so you can squeeze in a quickie and it makes your day really fun. Or you can, you know, start your day in the shower together, just rethinking what it looks like to connect intimately. Um, I think for me, margin has been something I've had to fight for of six kids. And we've got a whole range of needs and seasons and chronic illness that we've been walking through. And I realized that I need to consider my body as a very important equation in our marriage and how am I caring for my body? And so 20 minutes of movement, even gentle movement, taking a walk gets my blood flowing and gives me energy in a way that I wouldn't have if I spent 20 minutes scrolling on my phone. And so rethinking how I'm caring for my body. Um, Also, baths have been a part of my routine this last year. 
where I told my husband, I was like, hey, I'm so smoked. I need a minute to get back into my body as a woman. I need a minute to like smell some bath salts and to light a candle and to have a few minutes with fiction so that I can feel renewed and energized as a woman and not just exhausted as a mom. So I think those are some things to think about. What is the margin that you can create in this season? Maybe even baby swap with your friend. Hey, you take the kids for an hour while I go take a walk and have some time with God and remember who I am so that you can reconnect to your heart and your mind and your body. Maybe you need baths. Maybe you need um, to rethink your schedule so that intimacy can be something you enjoy and don't feel like you're dreading. Oh, that's so helpful. I love that. I know I've heard you talk about like, you know, instead of telling your husband, no, I'm not into it. (laughs) Just be like, well, can you give me 10 minutes? (laughs) Can I just need a shower or I just need a bath? I I really love that because I feel like, yeah, we just, we need to be creative. We need to allow ourselves, uh, allow ourselves that time to just go, okay, here I am. (laughs) You know, I am a wife, I am a woman and I can function in that even in the midst of being a mom, you know, and we don't have to like separate ourselves out completely. We can actually just be integrated and just have that moment to kind of remember our, the whole, the whole part of us. So, oh, that's, I think that's going to be really helpful. I'm still undoing some thoughts, but you say, okay, I am a wife. I am a woman. And I still think sometimes when we say I am a wife, that means I should give my husband sex. When we say, I am a wife, meaning I am created to receive pleasure. Mm, Yes. Thank you, God. By nature, our bodies speak. And so if you want to hear more about this, you can go listen to my podcast. But each male and female has certain characteristics that communicate higher truths about who God is based on how he created our anatomy. Women's bodies, a man's private part is outward and initiative. A woman's intimate parts, her vagina is receptive. And those are symbolic for higher truths about very spiritual things that we can get into later that represent the gospel. But in essence, we as women were made to receive. And it's a beautiful gift that we don't operate in enough. We give, 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 give. And then, oh, it's time to go to bed. Now I have to give to my husband. But if we could switch gears a little bit and remember that our bodies are wise and God made our bodies purposefully. And a woman's clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. A man's penis has 4,000 nerve endings. That means you have double the amount of potential for pleasure by God's design. So all the church ladies can blush and giggle because it's okay. (laughs) It happens every time I say it. But the truth is you, beloved woman of God, were made to receive. And I think we operate out of this kind of upside down masculine tendency to give, 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 do, 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 pursue, make it happen, fix everything for everybody. But if we can settle back into our bodies and thank God for our bodies and even do some body blessings, thank you, God, for this good body. Thank you that you made me wonderfully Psalm 139 style. You knit me together in my womb, not just as a human, but as a woman. Mm, Okay. Into that deeper place of I was made to receive. I think that can our brains are our most powerful sex organ. And if we get in a trippy place with believing yes. lies or believing about duty, we're not going to enjoy it. We're not going to look forward to it. It's going to be on that list of to-dos. But if we can go to our maker and say, God, how did you make me? Actually, it's a very holy thing for me to end the day looking forward to receiving pleasure. 
that's a good thing. And how do you tell your husband that if you've not been operating that way? You could say, hey, babe, I really want to learn how to have more pleasure in sex. And he will be like, yeah, let's do it because he (laughs) wants to do that, but it's hard for us to get there. And so right now in my summer series on the podcast, I'm doing all sorts of talk on this that I actually said at one point I would never do because I was still disintegrated. Like I'll talk about theology, but I won't talk about orgasms. (laughs) Yeah. Now I'm loving it. me there because he's like, oh, Francie, if you only knew my heart, I'm actually not ashamed of any of this. I'm not embarrassed about the goodness of how I made you. I'm the author of this. And it glorifies me when you acknowledge the way that I've made you and not only acknowledge it, but celebrate it. Uh, so, so good. I just want to like raise my hands and worship the Lord. <laughs> it I know. just, it just it draws. It so, yeah. It's just like, yes, yes, yes. Like my spirit just leaps. It's like, yes, this is, this is what we need. This is, it's just part of who we are. It's a part of our yeah. representation of the Lord. It's so, so good. So key. And it's actually oh. really healthy for women. It's healthy for people, but for a woman to receive pleasure, lowers her stress. It increases mm-hmm. her immunity, her immune system. It detoxes her body on different levels. It is has like 50 health benefits by God's design. Isn't he loving yeah. that he would so incorporate good. all of that? And But we are so deconditioned to connect to that, so conditioned to connect to the duty that we may not even enter a state of real pleasure and rest in sex because we're still stuck in that duty mindset as opposed to, I'm a female made to be receptive. Thank you, God. And in receiving pleasure, we're giving our husbands tons of pleasure. And it's pretty rightly ordered that way. And then yeah. we get nourished. And he feels like super masculine and strong and awesome. And it, it becomes this really beautifully ordered gift. And I'm not saying it has to follow a formula every time, but we need a pretty heavy reconditioning of our we thinking do. when it comes to how we operate is in our sexuality. Yes, absolutely. Well, Francie, before we end, is there anything that we didn't get to that you would just like to mention? Mm. I think because this is a podcast for moms and moms are some of my favorite people in the world. I literally go to playgrounds and I look at moms. I'm like, I just love you. You're doing such a good job. (laughs) My heart goes out because I'm feeling it. I'm with you. I need somebody to say that to me too, but I'm feeling like super duper solidarity with moms and what a holy and powerful thing it is truly. And I know that as mothers, we are super burdened for our kids in this culture of confusion and this upside down world of, um, yeah, gender confusion and chaos and everybody it's June. And so there's pride flags everywhere. All of my kids notice them because they're drawn to the rainbow, you know? And so it's conversations are everywhere. And I just want to encourage you not to be afraid And not to shrink back, but to pursue the healing that God has for you. Because you can't give your kids a rightly ordered sexual worldview until he writes, rewrites your story in your heart. You can give them biblical truths, but eventually your body will betray you because you're going to get really uncomfortable or you're going to start kind of becoming rigid when certain conversations come up because you haven't given him the space in your own story to rewrite it with his spirit and his healing power. And he has healing power for you. And so I just can't emphasize enough, instead of being 
I think, afraid of all the things that are happening right now, go in faith to your healer and say, God, reteach me your heart about sexuality, the beauty of male and female, the goodness of married sex, the power of erotic desire. Even when you're not married, how is it that we can navigate that? God, teach me your ways because you designed this in a way that we could look to you and say, wow, and that we could look to you and see the gospel written within the longings of our heart because the longings of our heart flow through our body and our bodily experience. And so all of it, I just want to say, take heart. Don't be afraid. It all points back to the gospel. It all points back to the God who made us, our wise designer. But as we journey on in our own healing, our marriage will prosper and be blessed, and we'll be able to walk with our kids into truth and celebration and freedom and love on their friends at the same time with this truth that God made you and He loves you and your body is wonderful. And so I think what I'm seeing right now in moms is this double um, this double portion blessing. He's going to bless our story and our marriages, and He's going to bless our children because we're willing to say, yes, Lord, heal me and I'll be healed. Touch me and I will be touched by the hand of God in this area. I'm not going to hold it back anymore. I'm going to let you in to my story, to my pain, to my confusion so that I can be fully alive. And I can also invite my kids into that hope and that truth from a place of freedom. Wow. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I received that for myself and for all of the ladies listening. That's so, so good. Mm. Well, I have a few just kind of fun questions for you just to finish this off. Okay. You can answer these however you like, if they can be, you know, really deep or really frivolous and fun. Either way is totally fine. So do you have a product or a resource that you use and love that you would like other moms to know about? I have two things. One, I'm drinking it right now. It's amazing grass, green juice. I used to love coffee so much and then I just couldn't anymore. It just made me feel yucky. And so I transitioned to this grass stuff and I drink it twice a day in the mornings and afternoon and I love it so much. I get the watermelon flavor so it doesn't taste like pure grass. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's amazing grass superfood, I think is what it's called. That's one. And then the second thing is this new mascara that I got called Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, because they give some of their stuff to a cause. Their mascara is amazing and I love it so much. So those are things I'm loving. Yay, I'm going to have to try that. I'm kind of on the hunt for a new mascara myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, another question is, how do you personally get rejuvenated in the midst of mothering? I know you have six kids, you've got a whole, you know, full life going on over there. How do you get rejuvenated? Um, I have to consistently like detach myself from my phone. And I think sitting on my porch on my swing without my phone is my happy place. Um, mm-hmm. and I've realized partly because I do everything on my phone, I grocery shop, you know, I'm on Amazon shopping, I'm texting to, for arrangements. So it's not only wasting time, but it's just like the, the stuff of life happens all the time. So I have to be really mindful of just put my phone down and go outside without my phone or go on a walk without my phone. That really helps me to kind of recharge and breathe and remember. And, um, yeah, I think that that's been a really big deal for me is realizing how much noise drains me and how much, Silence and deep breathing rejuvenates me. And I also like to take baths and read fiction in the bath when I can, because I feel like that helps me get on another page too. It's like, okay, I can kind of take a deep breath and realize everything is not on my shoulders and I can let go for a minute. I love that. I can relate to that on pretty much every level. (laughs) Okay. And the last question is, what is bringing you joy in motherhood right now? 
Well, I just got out of like a four hour car, car ride where we were in nonstop bumper to bumper traffic. So I'm not feeling like the most sharp mother right now. I'm like, (laughs) I have to get out of this car. But I would say, honestly, what brings me most joy is when I remember just sit on the ground with them and I just sit And once I get on their level, I'm like, oh yeah, God, these kids are so precious. When I lord over them with like my shouting and my to-do list and running and my pace, I forget. But I think it's like sitting on the floor and just doing whatever they're doing, even if it's just for five minutes, it really brings me a lot of joy because then I remember, oh man, these times are going so fast. Oh, it's really true. That's so sweet. I love that. Well, thank Thank you you. so much for having this conversation with me today. Um, Would you just tell everyone where they can connect with you? Yeah. So I have a podcast. We mentioned it called Heaven in Your Home. I'm on Instagram a bit and I've got a little Facebook uh, page, the Heaven in Your Home page, if you want to join that. Um, I think the place where I have a lot of fun these days is in the Discipleship Circle, which is a group mentoring that I offer. And um, it's really been meaningful to me because we take these topics that you and I talked about and we just unpack them on deeper levels once a month in Zoom calls and we have a Voxer group. So that's another way if you want to take it deeper. But I do invite everybody to the podcast because I think um, this is not really about me and my voice, but it's about what God is doing in healing His church. And whether you listen to me or somebody like Julie Slattery, Authentic Intimacy is a great resource. Um, I believe he wants to heal us and the next generation. And so I feel really hopeful and really honored that you would have me on this podcast to be able to declare his goodness and his glory as it is in our marriages, as it can be, and as he designed it to be. So thank you. Well, my friend, do you feel as inspired and encouraged and blessed as I do? I'm sure you do. If this is a whole new topic for you and you feel like, I'm out of my league here, I don't know what we're talking about, hey, go listen to Heaven in Your Home. Start with episode one. Like she said, you can hear more of Francie's story and then just just see what God wants to do in your heart about all of these things. Because He is a good God. He made us He designed our bodies. He designed our husband's bodies. He designed the intimacy of sexual relationship in marriage, and he blessed it. And so he has something great in this for us to learn. And we have probably just begun to scratch the surface of the depth of his love and his heart toward us. I just love how Francie shared that this intimacy and this body that we've been given is given to us to show us God's heart for us and to show us the gospel. So be blessed, my friend. I bless you with peace. I bless you with revelation and understanding of God's heart toward you this week, that God would just shower his blessings on you, that he would shower his love on you, that you would be able to dig deep into your story with the Lord. I bless you, my friend. I want to encourage you to sign up for my free email list. You can do that at kirstenvossler.com forward slash newsletter. 
I'm going to be compiling some information from all the different episodes that we've been enjoying about marriage in June, and I will be sending that out to you pretty soon. So please sign up for that so that you'll be able to have all of these resources right at your fingertips in one spot. We'll have links to all the podcast episodes. We'll have links to all of the guests that we've had on for Francie and for Jean Dillon, who we had last week. And so I just want to be able to have these resources available for you. So kirstenvosler.com forward slash newsletter. And I will be talking to you again next week. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of Rejoicing in Motherhood. You will find show notes and more encouragement on this topic at kirstenvosler.com. Have a wonderful week. And remember... Everything in this life is holy kingdom work. You are doing it, friend. You make the very heart of God rejoice. Keep going. I love you lots, and I'll talk to you again very soon.